Hi, folks. Another episode of the Short Shift Podcast. This is your host, Thomas, and I am joined tonight by Andrew. And so. subbing in for Mr. Ian, the returning Van Allen. Van, how you doing, brother? What up, boys? Bucks in deep. Bucks in deep. Bucks in deep. Yeah. I'm going to just clip deep. that, and it's just going to be at the beginning of all of our shows to remind us how to get by. Um, in life. Not just hockey, just life. Bucks in deep. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, uh, how do you feel tonight now that uh, Van is allowing you to be back on your podcast? First of all, <laughs> I have my eye on you, you piece of shit. You, 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 you usurping piece of shit. No, no, Andrew, Andrew going to Vegas is my villain origin story. <laughs> it might be mine, actually. Uh, honestly, it's good to have a good fourth because there's a couple weeks coming up where I think uh, I think Ian might have another one that he wasn't able to make. I don't remember. Yeah, he's going to fucking Thailand. Yeah, but I feel like that was like after the season. No, I think it's in March. Really? Okay. And yeah. I, you know what? You're right because I'm yeah. also going away in March. I think either the same week or a week apart. So. Oh God, that Van, means that's Van's be- got Van's got some episodes on on the uh, <laughs> on the docket ahead of him. Hell yeah. Um, but we're gonna first test the waters to see if Van and Andrew can coexist because both are big Twitter personalities. <laughs> uh, and I tend to agree with Van more often than I agree with Andrew. Listen, so this should be an interesting episode. But why don't we start right off? Part of my bat. goal was becoming Twitter famous. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, where do we want to start, uh, Van? I'm going to go ahead and put the uh, the keys in your hands because you did throw a couple things in on uh, Andrew's itinerary. Where do you want to start? Because there's a lot of shit to cover tonight in in not as much time as we probably need. Uh, well, I think we should start with the first bullet on the itinerary. Uh, that was a fun week. The bees are back. And um, despite a three-game losing streak, which I know is like is unacceptable and the sign of a bad team, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the Bruins are actually still a good team. Yeah, they did okay for themselves. <laughs> and I would like to reinforce to people that actually I mean, we were probably a little bit justified in having forgotten it because of last year. But actually, losing streaks are kind of normal, and even good teams go through them. The very best teams maybe come close to 60 wins. That means you're losing at least 20-plus. Yeah. And that means losing streaks. Yep. Where, like, there's nothing actually horribly structurally wrong with the team. They're just not playing very well right now, and they're losing. Yep. Last year year ruined a lot of fans. Just straight up. Like well, I think, the weird thing about last year is I actually think they had several rough patches where they yeah. somehow just won anyways. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's very true. That is very true. Goalied a couple of teams for a couple of games, and mm-hmm. they I had mean, to. Have, they still have them. Yeah, but they had two absolute cheat codes last year, which was Bullmark and Bosternock. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, I actually do kind of want to give a shout out to us on the short shift. Um, a shout out to you <laughs> specifically, Thomas. Actually. Yeah, your reverse episode mm-hmm. did wonders for this team. It reversed well, we the that. jinx. That's right. That's what Maybe Thomas about. can teach Ian something about superstition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that boy does not need any lessons. Yeah. Oh my god, Ian's superstitions <laughs> terrify me. Yeah, mine. Mine are more just like putting myself in a better mental standpoint. Like it's not actual superstitions because being superstitious is. 
kind of stupid, but stupid stitious, <laughs> stupid stitious. I'm a little stitious. Um, <laughs> I'm a little stupid. <laughs> honestly, it's it's denial is really what it is because I am superstitious, but it's like more so like I don't want to jinx a team. With right definition no so the only one i actually believe in is not really a superstition that's because i don't really believe jinxes are a superstition i believe jinxes are real because the second you you're doing well at something the second you start thinking about it you're gonna screw up yeah somebody who called me a, a nystrom tom or nystradamus or whatever since then i haven't fucking won a, a prediction second you start thinking about it you start overthinking about it like that's, people would call that's... that a jinx yep. it's actually just a fairly well understood psychological phenomenon. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you 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 tighten the you tighten the sticks a little bit. You you become aware of your surroundings and try to sort of replicate the replicate conditions where you were doing well, and everything just sort of falls apart. Yeah. So, do we want to um sort of recap the week a little granularly? Um, Get right win against the against the Sharks. Needed it. Um, Needed it. Really a fun game. It really against, was actually. It was one of the more fun games of the season. Like it was a that was a good game. Yeah, uh, and we, a win against the least despite six on five issues, leaving a tiny bit of a sour taste in your mouth. Still, yeah. they still a, a heck of a, a fun win and a hilarious win. Yeah, and then just a take care of business win against the Jackets. And to me. Um, I, this is, I think, our first real talking point. The the the, the biggest takeaway is is Marchand. Yes, one hundred. Also clear the puck. <laughs> yes, still still clear the puck challenge. But to to focus on the positives, uh, we said it a week ago. We've been saying it for the last couple of weeks that Marchand hadn't quite turned the corner. Uh, it was, I, I, actually, Van is one of the biggest proponents of this that he is terrible on the power play this year. Uh, and it's we're just kind of forcing him into it. Uh, holds the puck way too much for my liking, especially on the power play. Uh, we we asked for that to flip, and I don't think we could have gotten a better week out of him than we just did. And obviously, uh, a hat trick is going to be a big part of that. But everything we saw, and Ian asked us to make sure that we made this point. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we really saw out of Marshawn that we never don't see is all-out effort. Mm-hmm. Effort that you need from a captain, prove your worth, etc. Can we just quickly talk about the lack of effort at the end of that Toronto game from their captain? There is no excuse for it. There was one excuse that Toronto fans tried to defend it with. It was like the, where he just, you just assume that John, that wall is going to make the save and maybe the send puck it back in pops, transition. Yeah. And then send it back in transition. There is absolutely no reason where, you know, you get, he, Marshawn comes across the middle. Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Nylander comes across the middle, blows an edge. Shit his pants. Get his pants. He shit absolutely pants. shit his pants. Tries to put a Ric Flair style figure four leg lock on Brad Marchand. Pasternak comes for the breakaway. Now they're tangled up together. Where the fuck is Tavares? Where Marchand is able to get up, get set, get in front of the net, catch the puck, dust it off, set it down, shoot the puck in, and Tavares nowhere in the frame. No. 
The idea of him being like out there waiting on the blue to potentially get something in transition. How the fuck can you assume that you're going to get that puck in transition when the two most prolific goal scorers on our team are on a two on one? How the fuck are you going to assume that when you're watching the play develop and Wall is five feet to the left of his goal? Yeah. Hello? And so, so it's a bad look for any player. It's a really bad look for your captain. Hundred percent. So no I, effort. I always try, like whenever there's a play like this, I because the easy thing to do is rip the player, right? Mm-hmm. So I always try, like, okay, let me let me try and see maybe from his perspective. So he, he looks up, he basically he turns around, he sees basically Nylander on the ice and Pasta going in for a breakaway. Oh crap. He gets caught watching a little bit. Um he thinks either Pass is going to score and the game's over or Wool's going to make the save and we're going to shoot out. Oh, oh crap, he saved. Oh, shit, I got to get back. Oh, oh fuck. Yeah, he starts and stops multiple times. So, so, okay, so oh, okay, maybe, but I mean, no, that's it's not a good explanation. You, you got to put your head down and get back. Yeah. Also, there's like t- there's 12 seconds left. Tavares is Tavares skates like he's got a load in his pants. Even you if gotta, you just got to get back. Yeah, even if Wall makes the save and kicks it out and Tavares is there and Tavares is there for transition, how much time do you think is going to be that you're going to skate from blue line to blue line? So so let's put this um, let's put this say say something like this happened with the Bruins. If like DeBrusque did that or Frederick, we'd be ripping them. Mm-hmm. Yes. If Marchand did that or or say the year before. If Bergeron did that, we'd be like, "What? What's going on?" Yeah, yeah. Because it would be so. It, it would be so out of character. It would be genuinely like alarming. Yeah, we'd be worried that he was injured. We'd be like, "What? What is happening?" Right? Because yeah. was Tavares playing the tenor of the overtime? Because that was wild. That was an absolutely ridiculous. Awesome really was. <laughs> yeah. I missed it because I was at a Christmas party, but I watched it back and I watched it back again and then I watched it back again. That was the funnest overtime. Yeah, I've dude, seen there have been criticisms time. of three on three, and I think you know there you know there's 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 somewhat warranted. Like there are mm-hmm. tweaks you could make. That overtime was an argument for change nothing. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah right. Right. <laughs> no over and backs, just back and forth for five no, seconds. Great. Yep. It was the best overtime in years. Yeah. <laughs> but John Tavares, man, like you gotta, you gotta, like at least, at least play it halfway. Concerning. Like, he wasn't even in the. He wasn't even in the shot. Well, the bigger, the, the big, like scope of things is a few weeks ago everybody was worried about Bertuzzi's level of commitment to the team and now you question the captains it's like there's there's problems in that locker room i mean it's, i don't and know it starts how. behind the bench i mean hey. so, you're, so so Tavares isn't the kind of player who's ever going to like yell at other players no. anyways but say Sheldon Keefe is like chewing out Tyler Bertuzzi for not back checking yeah which is exactly why he chewed him out last week yeah. and if you're and if you're Bertuzzi you're like yo say that the fucking captain man Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're mad at me. Look at this motherfucker. Like it's uh, this is the that's the kind of thing that like you see that and you you don't get mad. You worry. F- Fire Sheldon Keith. Like how many times do we have to say it? Well, look, I've kind of felt I felt up until uh, the first time they lost the Bruins in seven. The first time the Matthews um, 
Leafs lost to the Bruins in seven. I thought they were going in the right direction. I was like, Kyle Dubas is making a lot of nice moves. He's drafted some nice players. Like it's all going. And I thought it all started to go wrong for them when they signed Chris. Mm-hmm. It's not just that he's way overpaid. I, I signing him and then putting the C on him. No. I, I think they put the C on the wrong person. I always, yeah, I'm kind of on an island on this one. I always kind of thought the captain of that team was Morgan Riley. And I mean, it kind of doesn't. I don't know. Well, I'd say it kind of doesn't matter who the captain of that team is. They are, they are, there is something rotten in the. Whoever he is, he can't be doing that. Yeah. Right. That, exactly. That just, exactly. It's, it's, it would be bad. Like, like Nylander's back check was bad. Mm-hmm. The guy who he was on the ice with scored the winning goal. And he wasn't even the picture. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. But like the captain, not back checking. Yeah. Or not even making any semblance of effort on a back check. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to turn this into a Leafs pod podcast, but yeah. I mean, it's not just like as a fan, you're not just mad. You're concerned. Yeah. It, it, it's if if it had it appeared that Tavares had emptied the tank prior to that play. Well, people are saying like, he, wouldn't have gotten back, we, he wouldn't have gotten back anyways. We don't know he that. He would have had plenty he didn't of try. time. Try. 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 We don't know. He wouldn't have gotten yeah, back in time. He's probably not going to get back stuff. in time, yeah. but we'll never know because he didn't try. Yeah. This Crazy. is what, in order, my father said this to me years ago. In order to have a change of fortune at the last minute, you have to take your fortunes to the last minute. Yeah. So you try because maybe Joseph Wall will make the save. <laughs> yep. Quick quiz, guys. How many regulation wins do the Toronto Maple Leafs have? Five. Five. How many regulation wins do the San Jose Sharks have? Five. Six. six? six. Don't they have yep. six now? They have oh, six. My yeah. oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. I mean, yep. again, so Montreal, I think I listen to some of the Toronto media. They do as well. Yes. At that point, and they're like, hey, wins are wins. And like, on the one hand, they're right. Yeah. But on the other hand, you're like, a couple, you're not closing games. You're a couple of goals away from being in real trouble. Yeah. Disaster. Like, like we're like Sheldon Keefe's seat. I don't think is is particularly hot. He signed a two-year extension, so it's signed probably a not. Extension, and they're already still. I think they're still paying another. I think they're still paying Babcock. They're going to be paying Babcock until the heat death of the universe. So I don't think they want to be paying two coaches who aren't coaching their team. Yeah. But if they say three or four of those OT games go the other way, I mean, his his seat's hot then. Yeah. 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 Let's let's turn this back into a Bruins podcast, shall we, boys? Mm-hmm. For sure. It is really fun to shit on Toronto, though. It is but, really fun. The biggest takeaway, I think, was Marchand. And I I will take this opportunity to dunk. All they had to do was get him away from Zaka and Pasta. Mm-hmm. He looked better immediately. Immediately. And he just force feeds Pasta. Well, and I, I feel like I need to... I feel like I need to backtrack, actually, a little bit. Because I criticized Marchand kind of a lot earlier this year. And you know what? It's, it's not really about him. Like, it's not really about anything he's doing wrong. It's about just who he is. And he needs to be the primary driver on his line. It's just the way he is. And when he's with Pasta and Zaka, two guys who want the puck in the neutral zone, who are mostly looking for each other because they've got great chemistry with each other, he's kind of the third wheel. And that just doesn't work for him. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. needs touches. He needs the puck. He needs to be the guy on his line. He needs to play with guys who are willing to defer to him. Fortunately, 
that's pretty much every player on the team except, except those two yeah except pasta because pasta is the one guy on this team who can probably look brad marchand dead in the face and say i'm better than you give me the fucking puck mm-hmm. and, and i and i think part of it too is that a lot of the arguments that you're seeing to people is people saying don't 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 break don't break marchand and pasta knock up is like y'all are forgetting that the ballast of that line is no longer here yes so now you so now it's it's two guys it's two guys that it's two guys that want the puck and that need the puck to be successful and And why it worked in the first place a big part of it was that bergeron did not particularly want the puck in the neutral zone he could Mm -hmm. care less (laughs) his game was get the puck back in the d zone get it to one of his wingers trail to play Mm -hmm. yep exactly exactly but uh marchand you you called it van great job Pasta. I would also like to point out that um, he scored two power play goals. Neither came from the half wall. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. The just, just man, that hat trick goal that had some fucking malice behind it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, he he got they got him away from Pasta and Zach, and he immediately turned right back into himself, which is which is important, guys, because I've you know you were looking at some of the game charts over the the really up until the last three games and you're seeing Marshawn like in the bottom five, like repeatedly yeah. and like, okay, they don't need him to light it up like he used to, but they need him to be a good player. Yeah. Um, and he's back to being a good player. And Thomas, you said, I, I think it was you last week that said he's, ha- he's healthy. He's just not. Yeah. There's just no chemistry going on. No, I, and I, we saw that for weeks though. Yeah. And it was, we were just trying to force the issue. And this experiment, as as Van was begging for for a couple of weeks now, they did it and it worked. And now it's, I didn't see a scenario where it wouldn't work. I just didn't see a scenario where it would have worked this well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I okay. knew it would work and I thought it was going to work quickly. But him scoring four, basically four consecutive goals for us. <laughs> no, basically about it. No, actually, for consecutive goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were right, Thomas. The game winner, and then the Natty Hattie. Yeah, the Ratty Natty Hattie. But you were right, Thomas. In and in, in that there was never anything physically wrong with him. No. He always still looked. Maybe he loses a one more battle than he used to. Yeah, but there, there, there didn't look like there was anything physically wrong with him. He just has negative chemistry. Yeah, the whole you you look at that line and you think it should work like him, Zaka, and Pasta. Yeah. But the whole, for whatever reason, is less than the sum of its parts. I mean, we've given the reasons, but, mm-hmm. and all they had to do was, was split them up. And because, and also to be honest, guys, like I had probably been yelling to split up the perfection line for a year when Cassidy finally did it two years ago. Mm-hmm. There was a point when Pasta was cool with just being Marchie's sidekick. That point has long since passed. Nice. No, I, 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 I think it passed out. the second the ink dried on that $11 million contract. Mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it passed long before that. I think it passed like years ago. I mean, there was a, a point came when he wanted to puck more. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's, he's, I mean, we should transition into pasta. Yeah. We, we don't appreciate this guy enough. I, I don't, th- I think we do to a point, but I don't think the league does at all. He's a top five player in the yeah. league. Yeah. yeah. 
He's on pace for 75 assists this year. He he is a legitimate superstar. And I, I honestly, you looked at last year and like, how could he get better? Guys don't get better from 60 goal seasons. Mm -hmm. I think he's actually getting better. You, you, you pivot a little more into being a playmaker and showing, showing your playmaking skills. Also, against Toronto the goal the first goal the goal against Toronto was great that fucking pass to Shattenkirk sick, sick. holy shit Shattenkirk hasn't seen that much open ice in years <laughs> finish too good for Shatty yeah that yeah, was nice that was good that he needed that he, he yeah. did need that. but that was um, one of the more satisfying goals but it's not just it, it's not just the passing um he's physical this year he's blowing dudes up um he's loud on the bench do I? I might be crazy. Is he leading our Fords in hits? I'm pretty sure he is. I could. Believe that's it. worth. That's I worth looking I at. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But, um, the only guys I would think would compete with him probably don't get enough ice time to like. Yeah. yeah. Lauko probably hasn't played enough games because he missed time. Uh, Beecher probably doesn't get quite enough ice time. Yeah. I mean, is that damning by faint praise or is that no, he's actually being legitimately physical? I mean, I'm not the first guy who said this. Like, I think mm-hmm. uh, Ty was talking about on the sports hub, like, or uh, on, on his pod. He's like, he, he, he's blowing guys up. And no. I mean, he was, he, always, he was never a wallflower. Like, Pasta no. always had a bit of an edge to his game. Um, but I mean, he's just, it's really encouraging because, mm-hmm. you know, he always was able to kind of, be a bit, take a bit of a backseat to the more vocal leaders they had. And this year he's like, he's just taking more responsibility. And it's, it, it, it it's makes me feel good. Like, put it this way. I wouldn't, he would not have been a guy on my list to consider for captain just because he's such a happy go lucky goofball. Yeah. Right. This year is kind of making me reconsider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's maturity. I think, I think, yeah. I think a lot of things happened, ha- happened in his personal life too, that maybe, maybe he did. I don't want to say he needed to grow up, but it sounds like he grew up a lot. Oh, there's like, some dad strength to his game now. D- there it is. There it is. It, it gets overlooked because I think this is the way this guy deals with things is he's one of the ways he, he some people smile through pain and I think that's, and, and laugh through pain. And that's how possible. But the guy's actually been through a lot in his young yeah. life. You know, he yeah. lost his father when he was real young. Um, you know, they obviously had a, a he and his, his girlfriend had a real tragedy hit them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually been through a lot of shit. Um, so, again, like sometimes it's important to pause and appreciate just how good a player we have. And yeah. I'm, just, I'm just shocked that he's actually seems to be finding a way to actually be better than last year because I didn't really think that was possible. Most guys who score 60 goals, that's their peak. He's taking on a legitimate leadership role in this team and he's showing it in his play. Yep. And and with regards to him being a little bit more vocal on the bench or a little bit more vocal on the ice, especially like after the whistle, I think some of that comes too uh, from the opposing team is actually mm-hmm. seeking him out to a point to yell at him or to, to get vocal with him because he's viewed as a top guy now. Whereas two, even two years ago, he not necessarily was. Oh, he's he's first on your list of shit you're worried about when you're playing. Oh, yeah. hundred oh, percent. Do we see a do we see a pasta fight this year? It feels like it's trending towards that. Uh, had- I mean, just the other day, there was one instance this week where he was getting really physical, like pushing around. Yeah, uh, I I don't remember him ever dropping gloves really, but I don't think he, I don't think he yeah. ever has. Not he has one dropped. official fight. Yeah, 
but it wasn't really like it wasn't it, his fight. It was more of a wrestling match. Yeah. Like, right. But I'm talking like, do we see do we see a scenario where after the whistle, there's push and shoving and all of a sudden they shed him? And just pastas throwing fucking bombs. He seems like a headbutter. Pretty unique. Setup. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna oh, throw play like, dirty. He's 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 more like me. Get close, and then you headbutt right in the bridge of the nose. <laughs> <laughs> it would take a pretty unique set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like it would it would have to be somebody that like he actually like had a history with. Maybe like maybe like another Czech guy mm-hmm. that he like didn't like that they could yell at each other in their own language. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and like that, he, he the Bruins would probably have to be losing, and he'd be just losing by enough that like they don't need him on the ice to come back, and he's just ticked. Mm-hmm. It would take a pretty unique set of circumstances, but like he, he's not. He's look, he never strikes me as a guy who's afraid. He's a guy who doesn't have to fight because I'm one of the top five players in the league. What the fuck am I going to fight you for? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. But, but I I could see it happening, but. A lot of things would have to, a lot of stars would have to align. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I, I, I would love to see it. Yeah. Just don't, just like, just he like, breaks no, one no, of his hands. No broken yeah. hands. No broken yeah. hands. But. This is coming. I watched both at work. It was very slow today. I watched both Goon 1 and 2 today. So. <laughs> Goon one visualizing is visualizing the blood everywhere right now. Uh, anywhere close to Pasta's face or anything. Uh, is not exactly what I want to see, but I do I do like to see that fire, and you're starting to see it a little bit from him. Mm-hmm. But we need to see it from a few more players. Uh, just this time last week, we were questioning uh, how healthy Grizz was when he came back and shaking off the rust. Uh, had a couple of bad games, uh, especially on the defensive end. Uh, a couple of bad turnovers. It seemed like he's starting to put it back together. Uh, it's not as terrifying seeing him on the ice, especially with uh centering passes or anything like that like it does seem like he's figured shit out are you guys seeing the same thing right now or do you still have some concern about grizz about halfway through the second period of the sharks game to the end of the week i thought he was great Mm -hmm. i thought he was real good and i think it really all started and van you pointed this out um and i gotta agree with you um away away from camera obviously it started when he threw that hip check against San Jose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that move he does where he goes up, comes about halfway to the wall, turns, and then glides his ass and just stops you dead. I love that move, and I wish he did it more. He does it quite a bit, but I wish he did it more. It's mm-hmm. such a good move. And it's like, once he did that, he's been he's been good. He's been real good. Yeah. So, so I was worried about Grizz heading into this season because what I was worried about was I was worried we were going to see, I don't want to be here anymore, Grizz, because uh, the guys, we, we, we all agree on this. They fucked him last year mm-hmm. yeah. and, and they've done this to him several times. They've traded for a left defenseman at the deadline three years in a row. They've benched him in the playoffs two years in a row. Two years ago, he deserved it. He was playing hurt. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. Last year was fucking last year was horseshit. Mm. And if I was Grizz, I would have gone into my season ending meeting and I would have told Sweeney, fuck, you've triggered me. Yeah. Uh, now I would have told Sweeney, by the way, if I was in that series, we'd still be playing. I was I was worried <laughs> we were gonna see I don't want to be here anymore. Matt Grizz like, um, I don't think but and um and I worried about that 
sort of with his kind of uneven play heading into the season. The only thing that the thing that I had to remind myself was he's done this kind of a lot. He's had a lot of seasons where he starts a little slow, then he gets hurt, then he comes back a little weird and it, it's a little uneven for a little while. And then suddenly, like, we look at our, you know, we happen to look at the stats in mid-January, like, Matt Grizzlick is plus 27. Or, yeah, right. Or something like And I've loved his game over the last two. And I really do think that him throwing hip checks could be a really positive development for him because his size does come with limitations. He's not going to be someone who can blow you up at the blue line. But his size does have advantages too, is he does have the opportunity to get low on guys and drop a hip into them and hit first. And and that's one of the ways that sometimes small guys compensate for being small. It's like, well, I'm small. I got to hit first. And if he could do that more, that could really open some doors for him, but games trend trending in the, in the right direction for sure, in my opinion. And, and yep. it's usually con, con, encouraging because, because they need him. Because I, I they, agree. they only have one other top four left shot defenseman. Mm-hmm. That right. they, need him to play well. they do need him. Um, uh, very extended conversation that I had, that, that I've had ad nauseum. They need him because Mason Lori is not ready for the NHL everyone mm-hmm. literally everyone listening <laughs> the only but, thing that i would have really liked to see is, with Lorais, i would have liked to see them uh, i would have liked to see him get the chance to just play on the like limited minutes on the third pair he never really got that chance i would have liked to see that yeah but based on where they were at and where he was at at the time when grizzik was healthy the move was sending him to providence yeah 100 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I, I, Grizz is one of my favorite players. He probably walks after this year, and I have no issue with it if that's the case. Um, regard uh, that is predicated on whether or not Lori makes the steps in Providence he's supposed to make. If, as Thomas said, if he checks off the boxes, mm-hmm. if he checks the checklist that he was given. Um, but right now, all hands on deck, baby. Like Derek Forbord is not your savior on the left side you need you need matt grizzlick right now trade deadline might be a different story forward and savior need to not be used in the same sentence (laughs) we'll we'll uh we'll get to that we'll oh we'll get to that (laughs) uh one of the things i definitely want to talk about tonight though um obviously winning all these games like winning the week uh marshawn's basically coming out party for the week or for, for the season uh, was a big story before that. It seemed like the big story that we were going to have to discuss at ad nauseum on this podcast was going to be the Beecher situation, the Beecher benching. Van, I think I actually said it to you directly. Uh, We're talking about a, a fourth line guy they're going to get swapped in and out. They're not playing every fucking game. It's a fourth line guy. You're going to take a night off. If that's what it was, that's there's no story there. What made it a story was Monty felt this need to over-explain. He did. This was a situation. Look, I get it. He's also getting asked these questions, but you don't need to say, 
uh, we don't like where his game's at, especially when he was arguably, to me, or at least statistically, was playing very well. He scored, what, three out of five or three and five? Three goals in his last five. Yeah, I think it was was actually six, but whatever. Yeah, well, three goals in his last five, and then now three goals in his last six since he played in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Here's another stat for you. He was 43 of 67 from the dot in those five games with 90% defensive zone deployment. Yeah. So I don't know. Absolutely. (laughs) So I don't really know where Monty's head was at or where his data was coming from. Uh, But ultimately, if that's even if that's what he thought in his mind was the right call, why say it? The only explanation I've been able to come up with is he was trying to test him and give him some level of adversity attached to a night off to see uh-huh. how he responded. Cause he, Monty even said, he's like, I want to see how he responds. Uh, how listen, the fuck but, do you think but, he's going to respond there? Right there. Respond to what? Exactly. Respond to scoring three goals in my last six games or winning 60% of my face off respond, respond to not being noticed by your coach properly. So, so, okay. So, so I don't have a problem with rookies being scratched. No, it needs that, to that happen. Life in the NHL is rookie. Yeah, I don't right. have a problem with rookies being benched. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with fourth liners. You know, not going to be in the lineup every night. I would have had no problem if Monty just said, um, we, Steen's we wanna in. we want to get Steen a game. Yep. You know, he's been yeah. playing. He, he was playing well. He deserves to play too. I really wouldn't have had any issue with that. If he okay. just said Steen deserves to play. And that would have been fine. I or if had... he said nothing. Or if he said absolutely nothing. <laughs> and and you just this is the lineup the tonight. out there. This is the lineup tonight. There you go. Eat it. But <laughs> trying to create a narrative that Beecher has been bad. I mean, you could see all of Boston media like rifling through yeah. their notes, trying to find something that he yeah. might be talking about. And, yeah. I, and no one could do it. They're like, what has he been bad at? And yeah. frankly, I thought it... I'm hoping I'm I'm wrong and it turns back in the right direction, but I think it hurt Beecher because I thought he looked a little rattled and unsure of himself against Columbus. I thought he started well and then kind of looked. And the one thing that we didn't want from Jim Montgomery, this is a big thing that people said about Bruce Cassidy is a lot of players, particularly the young players felt confused. They felt like they didn't know where they stood with him. Yeah. They want that was the biggest thing that they didn't want from Jim Montgomery. And I thought I saw a player who looked confused. Well, I will say in Montgomery's defense, I'm not defending this move, by the way, there's there's you know, you could see the logic in a move and still think it's a stupid move. It was a stupid move. Hmm. I will say that in Jim Montgomery's defense in reference to his that comparison to Bruce Cassidy is that we know that Montgomery is actually talking to his players. Yes. We, we have actual evidence. Anton bleed, step on down. Yeah. That Bruce Cassidy didn't talk to some of his players for months at a time. Yeah. When telling them they weren't, they weren't in the lineup and then radio silence. So I think, I think in that case, I think Beecher knows what Monty thought he saw. He could disagree with it, but he knows what Monty thought he saw. Yes. Monty's a great coach. Like, I don't think there's any doubt that Monty's a great coach, but there's, yeah, I think he's a great coach, but if you have questions about him and you have reservations, you're justified. Yep. I, I was at just about to get to that. Absolutely. 
he's a great coach. He's earned sort of benefit benefit of the doubt considering considering you know the start from this year and you know the regular season last year playoffs. You know that's where the, a lot of the doubt comes from. Yeah, playoffs. But we also have to keep in mind. We also have to keep in mind. He's also a head a NHL head coach. And old man hockey brain is real. Yeah. It is a real thing. And it he is not immune to it. He is not special. As soon as we figure that out, some of these things become maybe a half a percent easier to digest. No, you're you're completely right uh, on that, Andrew. It's like, you know, look, coaches do this. Um, and like, so to close the book on the Beecher thing, in particular, I thought it was it was particularly dumb because, in my opinion, Saturday night in Toronto against Austin Matthews is literally why you drafted John Beecher. Mm-hmm. But with coaches, 15 uh, seconds left up one in the defensive zone where you're winning, what the fuck is that percentage? 43 out of 67 in your last five games? Yeah, sure, sure yeah. would have been nice to have him. But let's be real, Monty's not going to put any rookies or yeah. young kids out there in the last couple minutes of a game so and to get i know where you're going thomas because yeah. we're, we're getting on to benching patra yeah once again i don't have a problem with that i actually I, don't have an issue with this so generally so i do and i do so i do and i don't um coaches are going to do this you know up to one in the third period against toronto yeah, he's probably going to lean on the guys that he trusts. Okay, like I, I get that. Like, and I'm not really going to fault him. He's trying to win. He's trying to win games. Coaches do that, and I think rookies know to expect that a little bit. And if you, if as a rookie you get frustrated, I don't think it's that hard for someone for you know whoever Matt Patra talks to, you know, for for Mister Patra to say like, hey, dude, like. You, you got to expect some of this. This, this is just good, the way it's going to be. What I have a bit of an issue with is I would like benching players to have more to do with how they are actually playing than with how many years they've been in the league. Mm-hmm. Because, um, again, benching Matt Potra in a – one goal game in Toronto, I kind of get it. Then he did the exact same thing up to versus the Colum- at home versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, come on, man. Like, let, let you got to let the kid play. And is part of this time management, do you think? I'll bring that to both of you. I mean, maybe. It's, but, like, it's, I, that's again, a cop out answer. I'd rather just look at well, how that, that's yeah, playing. I I'm trying back. to find the sense in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I went back and looked at the overtime uh, at at the game versus Toronto, and I happened to stumble upon Potter's last shift. On his last shift, you want to know what happened? Reemsdijk hit the post. Van Reemsdijk hit the post, and Toronto iced it. Oh God, can't have any more of that. Get the Potter kid out of there. <laughs> Fuck, man, come on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, I mean, it may have been cumulative. It may have been a cumulative thing. Maybe it, he wasn't maybe. actually having a great game. Yeah. It may have been cumulative and that may have been the last sort of like, all right, I got to, I got to sit him. But again, like against Toronto, it's fine. And I think going back to Beecher for just a hot second, I think that if if the back-to-back was reversed and you bench Beecher in Columbus, 
fine, I guess. Yeah, no, less of an issue. I mean, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with fourth line guys rotating. Frankly, I hate it when when um, when coaches set their lineup in stone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay to it's it's okay to sit for a game. I didn't like the narrative he invented after the fact. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. also like so we saw him bench Lori a bunch in the third period. It was usually because of something Lori did. <laughs> he made a dumb play at the blue line or didn't defend something very well. Okay, yeah. Rookie, or, rookie made a rookie mistake. Or waved his stick with his back to Kucherov. <laughs> like, okay, it, like, okay. I, I kind of, I see why you benched him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm struggling to see the why mm-hmm. in the, uh, the recent moves. And I wish he would stop. <laughs> Listen to the pod, Monty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to over-explain anything, ex- just give us some sort of reason there because some of the people who are saying, oh, it's probably like load management on the kid. It's like, all right, well, if you take that load off of the kid, who are you putting it on? The veterans. Yeah. You're going to fucking burn them out. Who are blowing leads anyways. Yes. And I would And I would argue that it probably has something to do with the forwards being gassed out because the, because the coach keeps shortening the bench. Yes. 30 minutes of six on five play this year. How many goals six on five have they given up? Seven. Seven. Unacceptable. No, that that's it. And well, I'll tell you what really worries me, Andrew. Hmm. Um, so look, they're obviously physically capable of clearing the puck. Like, duh, they're NHL yeah. players. Like they, the they, puck. they're physically capable of doing this. It looks to me like it's becoming a mental issue. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, it's a at this point, it's a traumatized by game seven last year, and they're really tightening up when the when the net empties and they they got to find a way to get over this Mm -hmm. because I mean, yeah, I mean, you use the word, Andrew, it's it's simply not acceptable. It's It's just not this hard to get a few clears. They cannot. The only team that's close, Montreal's given up five. Mm-hmm. The next closest team has given up less than half the six on five goals the Boston Bruins have. Yep. It, this cannot go on. This this mm-hmm. cannot go on. You got it. You just have to hope that water finds its level on that. Yeah. Jeez. I feel bad for the goalies. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Clear the puck. Clear the puck. Clear the fucking puck. Clear the fucking puck. Puck. Puck's in deep. Pucks in deep. It's in deep, God damn it. <laughs> All right, let's take a minute to uh, pause for some sponsors. Let's, let's go to some voicemails after we get back from the, uh, the, the break. Yeah, buddy. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Automatic. <laughs> Automatic. Automatic. Download, yeah, download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly. In bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut... 
Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. All right. We are back. Uh, A couple of voicemails. Uh, I, I know we had four games in a matter of, or three games in a matter of four days. So some of these voicemails are a little bit on top of each other. But let's go ahead and bang out. Uh, let's go. I got five of them. You boys oh, ready? I said you had two. Holy shit. Uh, uh, I got five. Last week was two. Last week was a light week. Hell uh, yeah. We've got five. Actually, we might even have more than five, but I'm seeing five right now. So here we go. Brought to you by SeatGeek. <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> Hi, my name is Doug the Goldhorn. You may know me from my critically acclaimed series, Doug and Deep with Doug. I've been listening to your show, and while I must admit I am entertained, but I was recently dismayed by your recent calls to hype up Ian. Personally, I think he's the weak link. Frankly, I can't stand the sound of his voice. It sounds like the nagging voice in my head. I mean, Thomas is great, and Andrew just pretty much carries the show. But let's stop the pity party of pumping this Ian guy's Pirelli's. I'm actually really concerned about his well-being. It's like there's multiple people in his head, and I think they might be starting to dissociate, like some of them are branching out on their own and acting out without his knowledge, which is just bonkers. Then again, maybe I'm just salty because he reminds me of the guy who's been riding my coattail to success, John Snipe Aselli. Seriously, this guy is just dragging me down. I can totally relate to how you must feel, Andrew. Anyhow... Do we know uh, which Ian went to Toronto? Was I'm it not sure? Low quality, but was it low quality? Did low quality Leafs fan go? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I, don't know. I, I just, oh my god, Doug, <laughs> Doug, you have my whole entire heart, man. You know how the low quals break off? Mm-hmm. It's now, it's now more, uh, it's now more uh, intricate. There's now different hockey personalities that aren't low qual that are now breaking off of that see that that call originated from montreal <laughs> so i'm i'm so confused right now i'm a little freaked out doug de hell yeah i'm so i'm so confused all, all right here's another one first time long time and by long time i mean not super long time but whatever anyway uh it's uh <laughs> GMD2882, formerly Boston JMD on the Twit or X or whatever. Um, I, first of all, huge win against the Leafs. I mean, what a game. Exciting. Um, up and down. We knew they were going to blow it in the third, so I was just waiting for an overtime win. And then, sure enough, it happened. Um, not sure what Tavares and Nylander were doing there, but thank you. And uh, we're on to Columbus. Um, but I have to question Monty here a little bit uh, taking Beecher out and saying yep. he hasn't been playing well is just mind-boggling Suit has been the balls the last six or seven games um, and then on top of that um, benching Patra in the third the last few games is also kind of mind-boggling he's a very good defensive player he's 
been all over the ice making plays. Um, if it's uh, load management or whatever, then do it in the second period when there's a long change and um, you know he'll be fresh for the third period so he can actually get out there and make some defensive plays, which he's good at. Um, I know he's not great in the face-off dot, he's been getting better. And actually against Toronto, he was doing great. So uh, that I, I just don't get it. Anyway, I hope uh, the Bees get the win tonight against Columbus in the revenge Spoiler. game. And uh, love your pod. I'll keep listening. And uh, go Bees! Go Bees! Go Bees! We just covered that right before the commercial break, but it is very reassuring that we're not... It's, it, it's, yeah, it's gratifying. It's gratifying to hear somebody else see it that isn't us. <laughs> to the point on Potter's defensive play, leads the team in takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's because he has that. It's because he has that sneaky little stick move where he'll come in and he'll like he'll use his stick as kind of a spatula and just flick it, then take the puck. Let's do another one. We got another one from Sunday here. Yeah. Good evening, short shift. It's me, your boy, AJZ0626 from Twitter. My name's AJ. Hi. Um. So. We're on a, we decided that we were done with a three-game losing streak, so we decided to go on a three-game winning streak, uh, capping it off. Yeah, why not? With a, you know, beautiful win against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Brad Marshad, oh, captain, my captain. Absolute natural beauty. Gotta love it. Ian, you are a homie. And I want to say that right now, this is my favorite parasocial relationship. This has been a fun time calling into the show. And um, go bees! Go bees. Go bees. AJ's a fucking electric factory. Seriously. And I'm so glad Ian is not here to hear any compliment. No. No. Sorry, Ian. Fuck him. Fuck him. (laughs) Wally Pip. (laughs) Yeah, Wally Pip, man. I'm glad it's not me. It'll be, I think it's me next. I think I have the next night off. Let's go to one on Twitter. I've got a DM'd voicemail here uh, from at underscore Verdo98. Ah, Verdo. Hey guys, just uh, calling in from Toronto. Uh, Getting home a little bit late from that fucking big Bruins W down there. Fuck the Leafs. Fuck all the Leaf fans. Fucking suck it, okay? Because fucking rat king brad marchand only you guys like he fucking does every damn fucking year pasta knocks better than matthews by the way just had to put that out there too oh, but yeah. yeah great game fucking probably best game i've been to in my life and uh yeah also love the podcast great show just wanted to call and say what's up also ran to ian nice, nice guy huge horn nice hair <laughs> anyways <laughs> go bees Go bees. Go bees. Huge horn. Huge horn. <laughs> we, I think we all knew that. Go bees. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say on that, we, we didn't touch on this yet. Marshawn Selly after the OT winner. Brutal. Just <laughs> lost. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I can only imagine the energy in that building. Like, obviously. I can uh, only he, imagine Ryan Reeves just seething. <laughs> <at> <laughs> <edge>. <laughs> well, Marshawn does the are you not entertained. Yeah, right. 
Speaking of Ryan Reeves was on the ice there, if only. (laughs) How many shifts did Ryan Reeves have after the first period? (laughs) After the first, what did he have? Two? Two. Yeah. Yeah. Great investment, you fucks. Great investment. I don't even think... I don't don't honestly... Yeah, I don't don't think the Leafs fans are really defending that that signing anyways. Not anymore, they're not. No, they were about two weeks ago. Yeah. Like, I get where their head was at. Like, you, I, you understand what any team is thinking when they go out and get a Ryan Reeves type. What you don't need to do is give him a three-year contract. Yeah. What did I say? You can get the logic of a move, but still say it's fucking stupid? Fury's no. razor. Nick Fury's razor. <laughs> no. All right, where do we want to go here? We no can more do... voicemails? No, uh, we'll call it there. All right. Um. Hmm. Dealer's choice. Let's do uh let's do a little favorite NHL story around uh around the league here. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with you, Andrew, because you're the one who put this on here and it seems like you might have one that you're leaning towards. Well, I, I did I did I did pick a few, um just so uh just so we have some options. Um the cap is increasing, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh you have gonna have a lot of options. Yes. That will it's gonna be a fascinating offseason. You've getting Kuznets off. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't they have the opportunity to do some really cool shit. They also have the opportunity to really fuck up. Really fuck it up. Um, really fuck it up. It'll be it's gonna be an interesting uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm I'm focused on this year, but yep. gonna be interesting. Yep. You've getting Kuznets off is a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. Hate to did, his, did his coach come out and say that he didn't like the way he was playing compared to what he did earlier in the 22 games? I, Is that what he did? <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. It, is, uh, it is fascinating. I, I, I really do wonder what happened there. Because, I mean, yeah. this is a guy who was a superstar. Oh, no, I can tell you what happened there in one sentence. The ink dried. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. this guy, like o- Ovechkin, won the Conn Smythe it, for the story. It should have been Kuznetsov. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And he uh, was a rock star. Yes, and yeah, he brought he partied like a rock star all summer. If everybody remembers that, uh, no team has ever had a greater Stanley Cup party. Like, it, like their Stanley Cup summer, the 2018 Washington Caps, yeah. it was pretty incredible. Some, some say it's still going on. Oh, man. Ovechkin <laughs> doing keg stands out of the cup was yeah. hilarious. Here's Netsov getting caught with cocaine on two separate occasions. Fun <laughs> nights. <laughs> Rangers throwbacks are butt. Um, yeah, they're, they're damn shame, too, because their alternate is bomb. Yeah, it is. They have one of the best uniform sets in the NHL, and it feels Absolutely. like every time that they have an opportunity to fuck it up, they do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the worst that they've ever done, though. Yeah, it does not look good. No. Nikita Zadorov did not go to the Leafs. No. Went to Vancouver for a third and a fifth. Mm-hmm. Which is a Tiny reasonable move. Yeah. Tiny piece of business for the, the Canucks. Yep. But I want to actually dive a little more into this story. Is Arizona good? I'll tell you what, <laughs> they're they're probably my choice for this story of the week as well. Uh, it's not just that they're winning; it's who they're beating. Obviously, is part of the story, um, but they are good. They're actually 
they're not just catching lightning in a bottle. They're actually playing well. Do you see what they did to the Caps last night? It was beautiful. Five goals on 11 shots in the first period. Mm-hmm. And not all of them were de- defensive this. collapses either. Yeah. No, one of them was just Logan Cooley just... Yeah, should have just, just absolutely just carved yeah. everyone. You know what I hate about this, guys, though? Because I think they are... They are getting there. They are kind of good. And frankly, the way they got there to me is kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like straight up this time last year, we practically called, we called them basically a money laundering organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think those were the I'm, exact words. Yeah, I'm still not willing to say that that's not the case, but <laughs> <laughs> like, so there's, and actually like, honestly, there's a decent number of players on that team that I, I, that I like that I've kind yeah. of always liked. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of annoyed at them for being decent because it feels like it's rewarding bad behavior. Yeah. That's, that's totally fair, Van. It's, um, it's almost, yeah. it's almost like systemic in this league because, uh, well, we don't have to talk about Chicago Blackhawks right now. But. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah. Well, we all know what you're saying. Yes. Yes. And uh, um, I think you wanted to talk about this one, man, because you added it. So, um, so I, I've been just sort of looking at the Atlantic division. Um, and this is coming from, you know, I keep looking up and seeing the Bruins in first place. And I thought the Bruins would be good this year. I really didn't think they had any chance to win the division. No. That opinion was mostly based on the assumption that the Atlantic would be better. Um, But I look at this division and I see Florida, who I think is legit. I mean, they went to Stanley Cup final last year. They did a really nice job keeping their head above water without Montour and Ekblad. Mm -hmm. They're legit. Your concern there is their goaltending could go to hell at any given moment. Um, But after that, God knows what Toronto is. Um, Detroit, I'm still not really buying, although holding that line is getting harder. Um, Ottawa and Buffalo are both talented enough to go on a run, but they're both kind of a mess. Uh, The Habs suck. There's only one thing that worries me. Um, So Tampa has been trending in the wrong direction for a while. Totally. But I also didn't believe that Vasilevsky would be back from back surgery yeah. by early December. And he is back from back surgery. It is early de- December. And he just shut out the stars. Yeah, he's he's not Fuck. human. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, Joe, jo- you, you'd say what you want about the Jonas Johansson decision. It was bad. They should have gotten somebody better to for, for, for their own sake. But it's still early enough for them. And I think we have learned as a collective, as a society on the whole to not count the Tampa Bay lightning out in any means. And and to be honest, like there's a lot of things about that team that I don't really like. Like uh, I think, you know, I I don't like the bottom for the first time in a long time. I don't like the bottom half of their roster. Um, I have some concerns about Sergeyev and Chernak. Um, but they still have four or five of the best players in the world. And one of those also is the ultimate cheat code. I don't like 
what Julian Breeze was doing. I think he is the Chevy. I, I, I think he is the Chevy Camaro that's just slowly inching towards the cliff. There's it's still it's a nice car. It can still handle well, but you're seeing what it's doing and you're like, what are you doing? And burning a candle at both ends for a long time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I don't think I, I think Breeze Bois, I think Breeze Bois, in a way, like I'm not saying this to doubt the lightning because I just said I'm not going to doubt the lightning until I have reason to. But I think a lot of what Breeze Bois is doing is there's a little bit of Shirelli disease in here. He's over rewarding loyalty. Yeah. Seven year. Why do you give a seven year contract to Nick Paul? Yeah. You could justify an eight-year contract to, to Mikhail Sergachev. That's a top fifteen defenseman in the NHL. Yes, Nick Paul. Yeah, like there, there's a, there's a bunch of these guys that like yeah, you reward Anthony Sorelli and Mikhail Sergachev and Eric Chernak. Yep. And Nick Paul's a fine player, but like you can find other Nick Pauls. You can't. You can find other Nick Pauls. Like it, it's like a little bit. I, it's very similar to Sorelli, actually. Like okay. We're going to invest around, you know, these guys. We're going to lock up, you know, we're going to lock up Marchand and, you know, Krejci and Lucic. Dude, we really need to give Gregory Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no offense to Gregory Campbell, but we really need to give Gregory Campbell a contract extension. Like, n- yeah. nice player, but, like, we should be turning that roster spot over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's... It's not it's it, you you see it trending downwards, but they're not there yet. Mm. It's it, they're they're sort of the they're kind of the inverse of the Bruins, who the one thing they've really got going for them on offense right now is they just they the thing I really like about them is actually the bottom half of their roster. Mm-hmm. Right. They're they're a very deep group, which is sort of why their offense is so strangely consistent and mm-hmm. I got to admit, that was not something I was expecting. I Only team in the NHL to score two in every game. Well, and also it's like, not only that, but it's like they, I almost don't want to say this out loud, but it's like uh, they score three. Don't, don't. Every, <laughs> don't. Every game. God damn it, they're going to get shut out now. <laughs> I should, we'll, 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 time to predict shutties. Ah. <laughs> Do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to head into predictions on yeah, that? Yeah, we note? do. We could do predictions and and wrap it. Yeah, let's do it, bud. Uh, so last week, Ian uh, finished off the week with a double dub and took an, another game lead on us. Uh, in the we all had really good weeks. We all I'm... really did. We all did. Um, <laughs> you know, the yeah, inverse had, of I last good, week. Yeah, I had a good goal differential going and stuff like that. But a double dub is a double dub. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the score right in a game, and that—I mean—that's how I won the first two weeks. I was just dominating with the double dubs. Uh, and then so, somebody decided to tell you that you were Nostra Thomas. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, only Love two ya. games to pick here. Only two games. Mm-hmm. We've got Thursday night. We've got Buffalo, and and what do we have over the weekend? Saturday's uh, Coyotes. Islanders. Hey. Is it? I thought no. I thought we had an Islanders game. Oh no, that's next week. I'm looking ahead. Yeah, that's Coyotes, buddy boy. Yeah, so so we got a, a, a hot team, and we have the Sabres. 
So or Devin Levi. Uh, what do we have? What did we get from Ian? I know Ian's obviously not here to make his picks. I wrote it down on us. the. Yep, I did write it down on the uh, on the game predictions. He predicted a three-two dub against the Sabers and a four-two dub against the Coyotes. Okay, so he went safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with uh, Sabers here. Sabers don't move me. Uh, I'll I'll say four one. Four one dub. All right. Sabers are struggling right now, and I yeah. think they are finally right at the precipice of of maybe making a change up top. Yeah, possibly. I think it's time. It's been time for a while, but I think it's time. They really need to take that next step. Well, this this team was supposed to take the next step this year. Yeah. So if this is the next step to pull us back into mediocrity for for Sabers, shout uh, out yeah, to our buddy. To happen. Yep. Shout out to our buddy Jim. The Sabers are always a year away from being a year away. That's right. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I got a. Van almost baited me, but I caught myself. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a three-one dub. All right, Van, what you got, brother? So, um, it's like you guys said, talented team, but out over their skis a little bit. Um, but I think Thompson's gonna play. I think I think he's back. Mm-hmm. Yep, but he's I'm, actually in tonight against uh, Detroit. Yeah, where they're. I think they're getting waxed again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, no, there. No, it, it was four nothing. It's now four. It was four nothing Detroit. It's now four three as of recording. Oh, All right, well, as long as one of them loses in regulation, I don't. Yeah. Really <laughs> no three point games. I'm gonna go four two dub. Okay. All right. Okay. Four two. I go really hope for the sake of the, uh, Go ahead. I really hope for the sake of synergy that Van doesn't win this week. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hope he does. I'm rooting. I'm rooting against myself in favor of Van. <laughs> Uh, Van, go ahead and pick the uh, the Yotes game while we got you. Man, it's just a team I don't know what to think about. But they, they, they've been beating all the recent Stanley Cup winners, um, like, in a row, right? Last five. So... So by virtue of our own, uh, by our, by virtue of our own pain, we should be safe. Yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with a three-one dub. You know Logan Cooley's scoring against us, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actually, it wouldn't be his first career goal. If it was his first career goal, you could absolutely pick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to My... know how? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. I'm just trying to make predictions. You're trying to have story time. <laughs> so you go ahead, tell that story. So it's it's a story time that's predict that's connected to the prediction. All right, then you go ahead. Marco Michael Carcione Carcione for the for the uh, Yos has 12 goals in 23 games. Y'all want to take a stab at what his shooting percentage is? No, it's got to be in the 30s. <laughs> 35.3%. Yeah. Super he'll, sustainable. Yeah, he'll he'll hold on to that. <laughs> he'll hold on to that. He'll score two against us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, but... No, that shooting is percentage is about to meet the Boston Bruins goal. I swear shooting percentage is going to fucking die. It's about, you know what? It's about to meet you know, Brandon Carlo. That's what it's going to be. You know what, fan? I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do something like that. And it was just an excuse. 
<laughs> For me to predict a shotty. Three nothing. Let's go. <sighs> so Andrew didn't look at the time of the game because we're struggling with matinee games this year. Um, luckily, it's not a day game after a previous day game because then you have no fucking chance, apparently. Uh, they got Friday off to recuperate. They'll be in town. They're going to come in energized. The Yotes are quick. The Yotes are young. The Yotes are very exciting. A Bruins, Bruins outlast them. I'll, I'll, I'll play it safe and go 4-2, but I think that game could even be higher scoring than that. Mm. Zero chance there's a shutty. Thomas, you mentioned Carlo. Yeah. Did, I, I might have been the only one who noticed this. Was, he was fucking on tilt for CBJ. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, he's I getting people's never, faces. Yeah. I've always never seen him like that. He's like, we've seen him throw hits, but everything he does is with a purpose. Yep. He's throwing hits all over the place. Like, at, like, he's starting scrums. He spent the whole game just yelling at people. Yeah. Like, man, I guess he took the last loss of the jacket super personally. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said for that. And I'm sure that there was quite a reminder in that locker room uh, from Monty of how they got their asses handed to him. And and honestly, they were embarrassed. That was that was their worst loss of the season in terms of just not looking fucking right against mm-hmm. a team that they should have gone in and beaten easily, whether it was on the road or not. But yeah. that was that was a we're defending our house tonight against a team that made us look like dildos. The two and the two before that were were bad games, but against pretty good teams. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the one where you're like okay, that one stung. That one like yeah. honestly yeah. stung. It's like. Uh, why am I getting up for this game if the team's not getting up for the game? But they came out and they they were up for the game the other night. Carlos definitely a good example of it. And Marshawn and Spencer Martin playing out of his fucking mind, mm-hmm. and then Marshawn just carries him on their back. Yep. Patrick with the numbers. So, like Spencer Martin's numbers against the Bruins are like filthy, and against everyone else, they're shit. Average. <laughs> did anybody else? Did anybody else, did anybody else catch the um? How Jack was saying that this was a that this was an audition for Spencer Martin to go to the Edmonton Oilers. Where did he get that? So I think any goaltender who is playing well on a bad team is essentially auditioning for the Edmonton yeah. Oilers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me that's not what Mackenzie Blackwood is doing in San Jose right now. <laughs> in between hating his life? Yes. <laughs> Dan, what was your prediction for the, for the, for the, uh, yo, it's game. Uh, three, one, three, one. Okay. Very good. You can pretty much start that rumor about legitimately any goalie who like <laughs> yeah any breathing goalie i would bet the oilers have probably checked on them yeah if i'm the oilers i'm checking on kochekov for carolina but that's just me if i'm the oilers i'm like is marty turco still around <laughs> yeah hell yeah did you byron Defoe was... retire <laughs> you boys got anything else for the night uh, shout out to uh, Francis O'Leary, uh, Marshawn, Brad Marchand's grandmother, who passed away on Friday. So I think those performances had a little extra, little extra uh, grandma strength in them. Yeah, dude's hard as a rock. Yep. And uh, fuck whoever called us Stanley Cup favorites. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. But don't it's put not, that shit in the universe. Just, yeah. And that's all I want to say about it because yeah. I, th- I can't stand that shit. Yeah. Just can't stand that shit. Uh, I will leave us on one of my favorite. I know uh, Jack, Jack Edwards just was referenced a moment ago, but uh, I don't know if you guys caught this, but this is how we're going to end the podcast tonight. Uh, a, a little bit of Jack Edwards gold. <laughs> Brick will talk it over with Monty. I've got to go to the bar. <laughs> go bees. Go bees. Go bees. Later, boys.
I'm going to go watch some porn. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs>